The Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Mike Page, Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, and Ryan Dingle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report Podcast. Today is the first of a three-part series looking around the NFC North. What's going on with the other side of, of the, the, the division? What's going on with all these guys? And so today, my guest is from the Pride of Detroit, Jeremy Reisman, uh, Editor-in-Chief. Uh, Jeremy, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, no problem at all. Love talking football. Folks, if you are thinking about buying or selling a home this year, you know you've got to visit GenevaJeff.com to learn more about how Jeff Cadwallader with App Properties can help you. Jeff knows you need experience when it matters most. Visit GenevaJeff.com or give my guy Jeff a call or a text 630-254-4734. All right, so Jeremy, let's, let's, let's hop right into this. How long have you been covering the Lions? Um, how did you get into it? And just talk to us a little bit about, about what you're doing at uh, Pride of Detroit. Yeah, it's kind of a, a unique story in that I, I started doing just kind of writing about the lines in 2008, which happened to be their 0-16 season, uh, just doing it on my own, you know, kind of early days of internet blogging. You, you can start up your own thing and, and do whatever. And then uh, it kind of just grew in term, into something more than a hobby. Um, Pride of Detroit has a section where fans can start writing their own articles and that's where I kind of evolved. Eventually the guy that was running the site um, wanted me to write for them kind of full-time or, or technically full-time. But um, So I started doing that and he stepped down from the website about six years ago. Uh, at, I was the first name on his list since I'd been putting in the work for you know upwards of 10 years now. And so uh, everything else just kind of fell into place there. So now I'm, I'm running the site. We're a credentialed media over there at Pride of Detroit. So we do news, we do analysis, we do video stuff on, on Twitch and YouTube. We do podcasts. Um, we've really grown quite a bit uh, since its inception about 15 years ago is really when Pride of Detroit started. I kind of joined in more around the seven, eight year mark and then started running it um, five, six years ago now. So Jeremy, that's got to be uh, a, just a really cool like sense of pride for you. Obviously, pride of Detroit that was not a pun, not an intended <laughs> pun rather. Uh, but but that's that, that's something that you kind of built then. I mean, that's got that's got to be be a sense of pride for you, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, and I owe a ton to the predecessor, the guy who legitimately started the website, Sean Yule. Um, he's the one that gave me the opportunity in the first place and really built a foundation of of pride of Detroit that I think. Has, it has a reputation of, of being a, a solid blog with, with good information and, and a good reputation. And I, I took on the job knowing all of that and trying to protect all of that. And yeah, we're, I, I think in terms of NFL blogs, we're, we're one of the most um, trusted by the, the team itself. Uh, we have a really good relationship with the team. And I, that's, it's all about putting in hard work, doing things the right way and, and being careful about what you do. And uh, yeah, I definitely take a lot of pride in that because I, I think we have built something really special over there. That's really neat, man. And especially, you know, as uh, the Lions and the Bears have both had some, some serious struggles over, <laughs> over the past 20 years or so, can you talk us through just really quick, what is it like being a Lions fan? I mean, do you, do you ever stop hearing about the 0-16 season? Do you hear about some of that stuff? I mean, like, you know, I, trust me, man, you know, we, we have taken it yeah. over here too. So I, I, I know some of your pain. It's funny, like the 0-16 season, I, we don't really hear about it that much, just considering there's so much else that you can bring up. The fact that this team is only one one playoff game in the Super Bowl era, to me, that that's much worse than one bad season, even if it's, you know, the worst season. Um, the fact that, you know, they've had three playoff appearances since Barry Sanders retired. Um, it, it's 
it's tough. It's very, very, very tough to be a Lions fan. And uh, it, it takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of willingness to to endure a lot of pain. And, and sure, every, every fan base goes through a lot of pain. And the one thing that I would say the Lions don't go through a lot of pain is, is losing big games because they're not typically in big games. So that's something that like, you know, like a Buffalo Bills fan, you lose all those Super Bowls. That's something, that's a pain that I don't even know yet. Um, but it, it, it goes without saying being a Lions fans comes with a healthy amount of pain as well. You, you don't have a double doink game over the last five years, right? <laughs> exactly. And so where everyone yes, is watching exactly. and watch your, your hopes get <laughs> doinked away. So, all right, well, let's, let's talk about that because obviously you've seen a lot of Bears-Lions games. I've seen a lot of Bears-Lions games. Uh, I am kind of curious, is there a matchup or a game uh, that maybe sticks out to you? Maybe uh, two players that have gone head-to-head? Any matchup between these two teams? Man, um, there's, there's a bunch. I mean... Charles Tillman was always kind of a, a, a stick in the craw there with, with his punch out abilities and, and him going up against Calvin Johnson was obviously really, really good. Um, man. I, I mean, it's tough because there, that defense has always been so traditionally good. And, you know, Brian Urlacher and, and Khalil Mack now, it, it just seems like the, it's relentless there. And, and it seems like any quarterback that goes through Chicago is asking for trouble. And, <laughs> and so there, I, I really feel like there's an endless amount of names. I mean, even Devin Hester on, on the special team side is, is a name that still kind of sends chills down my back a little bit. Um, so I don't know if there's a particularly particular matchup, but it, it's just kind of a constant reminder of um, some of these really, really talented players that have come in and out of Chicago that, that have really been a thorn in our side. Absolutely. You know, I, I think a lot about the, the Calvin Johnson, Peanut Tillman, watching those two guys go back and forth. You know, Calvin Johnson obviously won a lot of those matchups, but also Peanut Tillman did too. You know, he was, you're yeah. right, known more for that punch ability, the, the peanut punch, but his coverage w- was not bad. And, and watching those yeah. two guys go at it was always fun to see. Um, so, so Jeremy, if you're okay with it, I would like to jump into Matt Stafford and Jared Goff. I, you know, I, I got to ask a Lions fan uh, earlier on last season, hey, what does Matt Stafford mean to Detroit? And, and the answer was hope. And he's not, not here anymore. And so I am really curious, like, how you and how the, the Lions fan base feels about this, this swap out f- from Matt Stafford to Jared Goff. Yeah, it's, it's going to take some adjusting to get to get used to. And it's one I, I still haven't really, I think, fully processed because, you know, in my adulthood, all I've really known is Matthew Stafford football. Uh, and I'm, I'm one of the fans that, that I, I wouldn't say, you know, was a complete defender. You know, he has his flaws and he'll, he'll have some flaws there in, in Los Angeles. But I do believe he was always a quarterback good enough to bring a Super Bowl to Detroit had the Lions been able to build a full team around him. And they, they never were. And so um, it's going to be a huge adjustment. There, there are a lot of players that are a lot of fans, I should say, that, that are happy that, that they're moving on. Obviously, Stafford never won a playoff game here. He only made three playoff appearances. Um, I, I'm not one that puts a lot of, you know, status in, in, into playoff wins or playoff appearances on, on a single player. Um, but I think the biggest adjustment for me and one that I'm, I, don't, I don't know how I'm going to react is, when the Lions have lost these kind of like Hall of Fame potential guys, and I'm not saying, you know, Matthew Stafford is a Hall of Famer. Um, he has a long ways to go before that. But when, when Calvin retired early, when, when Barry retired early, we never had to see them in another jersey. Now we're going to have to go see Matthew Stafford playing, you know, the, the face of the franchise for, for a dozen years, which, I mean, the, the Lions have never had a face of the franchise for a dozen years. And now we're going to have to go see that guy play somewhere else. Very, very strange. Very, very unnerving. Uh, and given – this franchise's history with quarterbacks before him 
um, precarious territory. And Jared Goff is a good quarterback. I, I think he's a lot better than a lot of people give him credit for, but he's not Matthew Stafford. He doesn't have the arm talent of Matthew Stafford. I don't think he has the pocket presence of Matthew Stafford. Um, but the Rams are proof that you can build a Super Bowl contending team around him as well. So I'm willing to give him a shot. The lines are probably tied to him for a couple of years here. Um, and, and we'll see what they can do. Obviously, I think this first year is, is more of a rebuilding year and we'll, I, you know, they, they probably won't be able to give him the team that he deserves around him. But I do think it, it, it's, it's possible that the Lions could see a successful franchise around Jared Goff. I mean, the guy's only 25, 26 years old. So um, why not give him a little bit of a chance there? Were you sad to see Kenny Galladay go? Um, yes and no. I mean, I think he's a very, very talented receiver. I, I do think he has top 10 potential in this league. And, and he was really, I, I think 2020, a lot of us expected that to be his year to break out into the top 10, but the, the injuries obviously were a big concern. Um, but from a team rebuilding standpoint, I think it made sense to potentially move on there. Um, giving him $18 million a year when you're probably not going to be competitive, competitive in year one or year two um, seems like a bit of a waste. Definitely going to hold you back a little bit in terms of, of building a, a young roster full of talent. And, and Kenny Galladay, I know he's only on his second contract, but he's about to be 28. So um, not exactly a, a youth building uh, franchise, uh, you know, uh, I, I guess founding piece. Uh, so um it, it, it's tough. You don't like to see talented players go, especially from a team that, that doesn't have a lot of talent on it right now. But uh, I think financially it made a lot of sense. And in terms of just building that foundation, it made some sense. I, I know there were a lot of Bears fans, myself included, could be because I was an NIU alumni, um, mm-hmm. would have loved to have seen him in a Bears uniform. Um, and it's always yeah. tough when you when you see it happen in, in division, right? Like when anytime you see a yeah. player, uh, just, you know, the way that Vikings fans as they were watching Adrian Peterson uh, run right. run for them was was quite a thing. So so the draft is coming up, Jeremy. Let, let's talk a little bit about the, the draft uh, in an ideal situation. What would that look like for you? In, in the you know the the Lions drafting, how's it going to look? Yeah, I mean, I think trade down is, and, and I know every franchise loves that because more lottery picks equals better chance of, of winning the lottery. Um, but this is a team that only has six draft picks this year, um, and they don't have a lot of foundational young pieces. So um, I think I think the ultimate hope is that one of those top four, four or five quarterbacks falls to them at seven, and then someone in the teens maybe. I mean, they probably wouldn't trade with the Bears, but you know, a team like the Bears, kind of in that same range, is a team that I think they'd love to trade down with and maybe get a top defensive talent. Um, if one of those top you know wide receivers fall somehow into that mid mid round range, then that'd be even better. Um, and honestly, I think the Lions are kind of in a, in a no lose situation. Um, if they have to stay at seven. They certainly need wide receivers. Um, they, they let Kenny Galladay go. They let Marvin Jones go. I don't think Danny Amendola is coming back. So um, they, they really don't have a number one on the team right now. You could argue that they might not even have a number two. So And, and everyone that they signed basically at every position this offseason was to a one- or two-year deal. So there's, there's really an, an endless amount of possibilities. I think defense is obviously the one where they need the most talent, but it doesn't seem like it's necessarily the best value there at seven. So, that, again, we're looking maybe at a trade down. Even quarterback, you know, I say I personally want to see how Jared Goff plays out in, in, in the next year or two, um, but the Lions, it wouldn't surprise me to see them kind of say, well, Jared Goff's our bridge quarterback. He'll, he'll get us to, through the next year or two, and then, uh, and then we'll, we'll transition to a young guy. And Anthony Lynn, the new offensive quarter, coordinator, specifically said in an ideal situation, he's benching his rookie quarterback for a year. So um, that, I think that makes quarterback very much in play in this draft if they find their guy. But that's the key. They need to find their guy. And uh, Dan Campbell has specifically said, like, 
if there's any doubt. If one of our guys says, eh, I'm not sure about this quarterback, he's not our guy. They want to be fully sure. And so at seven, I think it's doubtful that they have a guy that everyone is fully in on, but it, I, I wouldn't count it out of the conversation at this point. It just seems like quarterbacks could potentially go one, two, three, if not, yeah. you know, I mean, who knows, maybe even one, two, three, four, the way things are, are shaping out to be. I mean, there are so many quarterback needy teams, obviously the bears being one of those teams. So, so you mentioned his name and before we talk about him, cause I am very curious to hear like the fan base's thoughts on, on Dan Campbell is what is up with your guys's head coaches, press conferences, <laughs> telling, telling people to sit up straight, uh, biting ankles. I mean, seriously, man, we like from over here, we, we are just, we are scratching our heads. Obviously we've got collaboration and stupidity all across the board. So it's, <laughs> it, I'm not just making fun, right? Like we can take it yeah. Yeah, just as yeah. much, but, but what's up with that, man? I don't know. It's, it's, it's maybe it's, it's the, the dysfunction of the organization kind of rubbing off or, or what, but uh, yeah, we've had some entertaining pressers in the past and, and Dan Campbell, I think is going to be the source of many uh, in the future. Uh, the, the, the guy is, he, he speaks from the hip. I mean, he, he says that, you know, he's just going to be honest out there. He's not going to write things down because that's not who he is. It might get him in trouble every now and then it might make him go viral, but I don't think he really cares. I, the one thing I'll say is I certainly think Lions fans don't care. I think Lions fans listen to that whole press conference and, you know, everyone saw the 60 second clip. No one saw the, the full 90 minutes of it where he spoke passionately, where he spoke. Um, and, and I think the thing that really resonated with Lions fans is he, he seemed to really connect with their struggle. He, he said, you know, he says, I'm not going to go come up here and, and spout the same BS you guys have heard years and, and say, you know, this, you know, all the cliches, he certainly didn't give us any cliches, right? Like you can't say the the kneecap <laughs> speech was, uh, was no. a cliche. It was something that we hadn't heard. It was something that, that resonated with Lions fans. I know a lot of people would say, you know, that's corny. That's weird. Like Lions fans loved hearing it because they, he understood their struggle. He understood like, I mean, they, they've heard the same, like, oh, we're, we're, you know, I'm blue collar, collar guy. We're just going to turn the, the whole thing. Like he's, he's not out there making promise. He's just giving who he is to Lions fans. And that sort of, especially coming after Matt Patricia, who's a guy who didn't say anything about himself ever was completely locked up didn't like to joke around, even if, you know, the, the reporters kind of tried to nudge him. He was, he, I would say he was Pat McAfee's worst guest of all time, because uh, <laughs> if, if Pat McAfee can't get anything out of you, then, then you just, you've got nothing. So uh, he's a breath of fresh air here in Detroit. And as a guy who literally was on the 0-16 team, even though he technically wasn't playing uh, because he, I think he was dealing with an injury. Um, he's someone who I think understands the Detroit struggle, um, gets it and isn't just going to, kind of be a blowhard up there so I think I think it's a good fit in terms of um culture here um in terms of maybe you know performance on the field that's something we'll obviously have to wait and see for are you expecting anything with that in terms of play on the field is there anything like you know because I, I understand that he was with the Saints for a little while and, and just kind of wondering like do you think that's the kind of offense that he wants to bring around or, or or is there any like expectations that you have with him as the head coach yeah, it, it's hard to say. Um, he, he comes from the Bill Parcells tree, so there is a little bit of that old school mentality in him, um, kind of run the ball first type of thing. But um, he actually got very defensive over that, uh, that I, I guess, stereotypical, step, stereotypical um, portrait of himself because he said, yeah, I mean, I think he was very much influenced by Sean Payton, and he said he was, and said, you know, maybe, you know, he, he showed me the – the importance, the value of being aggressive, of being, of taking it to the team instead of being the team not to make the mistake. And so 
Um, he's promising to be kind of that, that mix between, I think, old and new school. I have my doubts, but at the same time, I'm, I'm going to wait and see because I was probably one of the more skeptical people of the hire to begin with. But the one thing I, I said from the get-go was I want to see who he builds around him first because he isn't that, you know, X's and O's guy necessarily. But he built himself, I think, a pretty impressive staff around him. And so um, if, if that's all he is, if he's kind of the, the rah-rah guy who will, you know, be a good recruiter when it comes to players and coaches, I can get behind that if he gets the right guys around him. And he, that's, that's what it seems like he's trying to build here. And, and I, I can understand that. You know, uh, the, the name escapes me, but the, but the running's back, running backs coach has left the Bears to, to be with the Lions. Was it Deuce Staley? Deuce Staley. Yeah, Staley. Thank you yep. so much. That's what I thought. Um, and, uh, you know, I know that that was definitely one of those things that you had a, a, quite a few Bears fans going, hey, wait a minute, what's going on here? Leaving right. in division. So you, I definitely would have to give him credit for that, that uh, assembling the right staff makes a big difference where, you know, in Chicago, I think fans feel the exact opposite, that, that Matt Nagy is, is taking whoever will come here because, you know, being on a one-year deal, potentially, we're not really sure what's going to go on with that. Right. Let's talk a little bit about free agency. Um, the Lions, w what are some of the things that have been happening over there? You know, to be honest, Jeremy, I haven't been paying much attention, so you're really going to have to kind of fill us in. <laughs> um, have the Lions gotten better through free agency? Uh, I would say probably not. Um, this definitely feels like a year in which um, the, the front office knows it's a year of transition. They, they cut seven guys in order to clear cap space. They're taking on 40 plus million in dead cap this year to kind of just transition away from the, the talented players from, from the previous regime and, and moving to their own guys. So like I said, you know, they, the guys that they're signing um, this year round, guys like Tyrell Williams, Jamal Williams um, coming in from the Packers there. Uh, a lot of these guys are on one to two year deals. No one's taking up more than 5 million in cap space this year. They really went on a budget here to just kind of get some guys as the lines put it with chips on their shoulder with stuff to prove whether they're overcoming an injury or, you know, they got jumped on the depth chart. Um, they're looking for guys that, that, that are hungry for an opportunity and, and have shown maybe whether it's, you know, they're, they're playing college, they're playing a couple of years ago before an injury, they're looking for guys that that can really improve. So um the biggest changes I would say are probably at the wide receiver position. Like I said, they, they had all those other guys go. They got Tyrell Williams, who's probably currently slated as their number one, a guy who played really well with the Chargers, then kind of so-so with the Raiders, bringing Brashad Perriman, a guy who has fantastic athletic skills, has not turned that necessarily into the first-round draft pick kind of um, regimen that he had built up in college. Um, Damian Ratley and Khalif Raymond are, are, are speedy guys. It, they're definitely changing the the identity of who they want at wide receiver. They're going speed, 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 speed. Um, and then they're probably going to rely on a bunch of their youth. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see this team start five, six rookies um, starting next year. Definitely, I, I expect them to sign a bunch of undrafted rookies, especially since they only have those six draft picks. So, you know, uh, there, there aren't any game changers that they, they acquired, I would say. Maybe the closest thing is, is the Michael Brockers trade that they made. Um, sent a 2023 seventh-round pick, so spent essentially nothing on Michael Brockers um, to, to improve their defensive front there. Resigning Romeo Quara was, was a huge priority there, and so um, he's a 10-sack guy last year, um, still really young, and I think they're, they're expecting him to even get better. So it was a lot of standing still. It was a lot of getting rid of um, some of the last year's mistakes, um, bloated contracts, things of that nature. Um, and then I think the, the plan is just to build through the draft and make sense for a team in, in rebuild. 
So Jeremy, I got to ask, you know, knowing that your team is on a rebuild, how do you feel about that? Are, are you kind of excited? I know that, that a lot of Cubs fans, you know, at one point realized, hey, like this team is going through a rebuild, but we're going to be good in a couple of years. Are, do, you, is that, do you have that kind of optimism right now? Yeah, I would say Detroit Lions fans are very strangely optimistic at this point. And um, I mean, I get it. Like you, you just, you're coming from the Matt Patricia era. That was a, a complete and utter disaster. You're tearing things down. A lot of Lions fans were ready to move on from Matthew Stafford years ago. And so, you know, I, yeah, I'm with you. I'm sh- you're shaking. I, I, I just, I, I just I I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want to derail your thoughts, but that, no, that blows my crazy. mind. Yeah. I mean, just, just from it, from an outsider looking in, that dude is yeah. not the reason why you guys were not winning playoff games or getting to the playoffs that, I mean, that dude is an absolute and utter stud. I, I just, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm you, with you. You, you said it earlier, right? We've got defense. You guys had offense and we could never meet somewhere in the middle, right? I think we all, I always joked with some of my Bears fans, like if we could just connect powers, we can finally take down the Packers. Oh man, wouldn't, wouldn't that be wonderful? Just, it would be just somehow, some way. Okay, but yeah, so, please. I, I, just to put a, a cap on that, I, I do think that there's a, a very strange sense of optimism right now. And, and Considering how patient Lions fans have been, it's surprising to me that they're still willing to be patient and, and understand that like 2023 is probably the year that we're all circling for this team to even be competitive, um, let alone make a, a you know a playoff run or anything like that. That's awesome. Uh, 17 games. It's new. It's it, any any thoughts on that? I mean, to be honest with you. I'm not exactly thrilled. I kind of like the 16 games, right? The, you know, 17 weeks for the bye and everything. And now it's every other year you've got uh, an, an extra away game. And I just, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm curious. What, what are your thoughts? I'm kind of with you. Like I'll, I'll probably end up loving it, you know, once the games are actually be played because, Hey, who doesn't love more football, but 16 did feel like such a perfect number. You know, it's, it's divisible by four. It's divisible by two. It's, it's even in, in all aspects. You're, you're playing six divisional games. You're playing four with, you know, within another NFC division four in an AFC division. Then you kind of got those two floating games. And now you just have this one weird floating game. Like you said, right. Sometimes you're getting the extra home game. Uh, the next year you're getting the extra away game and you're playing just a random AFC team. It, it, it's weird. Um, it, it's probably, I know the, the players hate it, which, you know, it's never good to, to have that sort of conflict between the owners and the players. But like I said, I, I'm, I'm going to succumb to it eventually and be like, okay, this is a great idea. I love, I love the extra, the week of football. And, and I, I, it'd also be kind of fun to, to have a new kind of um, opponent that you get to see every four years instead of every eight or, or whatever it was. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I'm wondering if we will see an expanded roster at some point. Yeah. Um, you know, th- th- I think that'll make a, a difference. And, you know, seeing some, some of those guys that, that wouldn't get a shot normally, hey, now there's, there's an extra spot for you. All right. So, Jeremy, it is way too early. And I literally have that in my notes, way too early <laughs> predictions. Um, you know, obviously the draft hasn't even happened yet uh, as, as we're recording this podcast. Um, and, you know, there, there's so much that's going to happen in, in that time. But if it was today, how would you see the NFC North finishing? Who's at the top? Who's at the bottom? Yeah, I mean, I go back to, and I think it was Ben Baldwin. He has a tweet where it's a, a Mar- Mario Party gif where, um, every, everyone is standing with on top of a circular ball and, um, you know, the, the object of the game is to bounce each other off and the last one standing on this little cliff wins. And <laughs> in, in the GIF, one team stands still and everyone accidentally runs off themselves. And that, that's supposed to be in calculation of the <laughs> NFC North and the Green Bay Packers are the one team just standing there and watching every other team 
accidentally jump up, jump off the cliff. And yeah, I get it. I mean, I kind of, it kind of feels like what's happening again. Like the bears are, are toying around with the quarterbacks. Can't seem to find their own guy. The Vikings are, are getting close to a rebuild at this point. Last year was, was a pretty big disaster on defense, which is the one thing that they've been, you know, no notable for. And then, you know, that the lines hit the reboot button, they hit the, the, the nuclear option. And so it'll be a couple of years before they're um, contending again. So it just kind of feels like Packers would be like, okay, I'll, we'll just stand here while everyone else self implodes and we'll, we'll take another division title. And I hate saying it because uh, I, 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 I hate the Packers. <laughs> like I hate, I hate how successful they've been <laughs> so for as long as they have. And every, like every inch, it seems like, okay, well maybe this is, this is where they start to implode. Like everyone's saying in 2019, they overperformed. They're going to regress, regress, regress. And then suddenly everything clicked on offense in 2020. And, you know, the, the whole thing, like, oh, maybe they'll move on from Aaron Rodgers. Like, oh, that's not going to happen anytime soon. So how can I bet against Aaron Rodgers? I think, I think that team is, is lined up again to win the division. And, I mean, everyone else, I think, is fighting for second place. If I had to guess, maybe the Vikings until the, the Bears figure out what they're doing with their quarterback. But, you know, I, I, expect, I expect the Lions to be last. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't fudge the numbers in, in, my, uh, in my direction here. So, yeah, I, I think Packers first, Lions last, and then whatever in the middle. I, I guess Vikings second. I, I had so much hope when all that drama was coming out about Matt LaFleur that, that he wasn't getting along with Aaron Rodgers. And I thought, finally, right. this is it. This is the yeah. meltdown we've all been hoping for. And then instead it was two trips to the NFC championship. So right. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, it's interesting that you say that I, I, I basically have the things playing out the exact same way. Green Bay at the top, Minnesota right underneath. And then I, I, I don't know, I think you might be giving the bears just a little bit too much credit. I, <laughs> I think the, the front office just has fans just scratching their head going, what are you guys doing? Are you in a rebuild? Are you not in a rebuild are you trying to win now like it just it's this this place of uncertainty which is why i asked my question before you know how are you feeling about knowing you're in a rebuild knowing you're going there there's got to be some optimism where right now bears fans are just so frustrated where are we going what are we doing with this yeah and and to me what i think the most interesting thing at least from an outsider perspective is what what is what happens with all the coaching changes like all the the guys that 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 jump ship or or you know, the, the, the bears cut ties with, I, I wonder what sort of effect that'll have, especially on the defense, because again, that's been your guys calling card for, for forever. And, you know, it, I, I don't, I don't think the personnel's changed too much yet this off season, but the coaching changes could have a big impact on that. They're starting to age out. Uh, you know, aside from Roquan Smith in the middle, who every Bears fan, you know, that that middle linebacker position is a storied position for for our franchise, uh, you know, and so it, it'll be interesting to see, but I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. All right, Jeremy, I, I'm, I'm so excited about this one. So this is our favorite segment for all of our first-time guests. It's called Unpopular Opinion. Now, Jeremy, this can be absolutely anything. We've had football ones. We've had non-football ones. We've had a couple people say, hey, I'm going to throw out one football one and one not football one. Um, it could be absolutely any unpopular opinion that you hold. And, <laughs> and Jeremy, I am so excited to hear it. What is your unpopular opinion? I'll, I'll do one football, one non-football. My, my football one, and, and maybe it's not that unpopular anymore, but my, my football one is pass interference needs to be a 15-yard penalty. They need to absolutely get rid of the spot foul. I'm done with it. There should be no penalty that's ever worth 40 to 50 yards, period. Because let's be honest, referees are just not to be trusted with that. They aren't. <laughs> I, I, pass interference is such a hard – I think Mike Pereira called it the, the toughest live call to ever make. And we saw what happened when we tried to make it reviewable, right? Like we all went through that. 
Horrible. It, that didn't even Awful. work. So I know people say if you make it a 15-yard penalty, you're going to get cornerbacks tackling wide receivers 30, 40 yards downfield. That's going to happen. Maybe, probably, but I don't care. That's If that's the, the price we pay for, for getting rid of 50-yard penalties that are garbage, Aaron Rodgers just uncorking it 70 yards downfield because he knows there's one of two things going to happen. He's either going to throw a touchdown or he's going to put it in a place where his wide receiver gets interfered with, interfered with, quote, in quotations, <laughs> and, and take a 50, 60-yard penalty. I hate it. I hate it. I, 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 I've been victimized thing. by it too much. I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion as much as you are just a genius. Like, dude, I, that wasn't on my radar. And, and now I'm just thinking like, that makes so much more sense. They've done so much to skew the game towards the offense. Like give, give the defense a bone. And I do that, that Bravo. Okay. So now you got me with the football one. All right. Now I got to hear the non-football one. All right. Yeah. This, this is, this is one where, where, you know, listeners start to, to turn off here because I think Marvel movies and tv shows and all that they're ruining media for me i hate i hate listen i've never been a big marvel fan i've never been a comic book fan but now like there's no good stories anymore everything is is life or death everything is end of the world like where's the nuance in storytelling anymore (laughs) jeremy did we just become best friends I, I mean it, dude. I can't believe I'm going I'm, I'm <laughs> okay, to say this. Yes. I'm going to say this, dude. And, and I have so many <laughs> listeners that are going to be so mad about this, but I'm done. I, I can't. People are like, did you see this new superhero movie? I'm like, bro, like they've told that story. Like, why is there like 18 origin stories for one character? Like, I'm done with that. I can't keep it straight. Like, Jeremy. I, okay, seriously, dude. Lions and Bears fans, apparently we, we can be friends. man. <laughs> <laughs> awesome awesome okay so so jeremy i gotta ask any shout outs anybody that might be listening that you might like to say hello to or give a shout out to um just the whole pride of detroit staff um we we've done a, a little bit of retooling this offseason eric schlitt is now the managing editor to my editor-in-chief um if you're a lions fan even if you're not if you're an nfc north fan i would highly recommend giving him a follow on social media eric with a k schlitt s-h-s-c-h-l-i-t-t um, really genius writer knows the game in and out. Um, and, and, you know, he, he's a, he's a Lions fans through and through, but um, I think he knows the division pretty well too. So I would say, check him out, check out, you know, go to prideofdetroit.com, check out the masthead, follow every one of those guys. Cause they're all really talented people and, and passionate people. So um, yeah, just keep it in house there. And so Jeremy, if our listeners want to connect with you, what's, what's the best way in which to do that? Sure. Um, Twitter is where I'm the most active and my personal account is at Detroit online, all one word. Um, it's a play on online, but it's online. Um, and then obviously at Pride of Detroit is where all the newsy stuff comes and yeah, I'll tweet from there every now and then. Well, uh, please forgive me for all of the hashtag we own the bears uh, back in the day. Um, <laughs> I, I was a different person back then. <laughs> Jeremy, you know what, man, I've said some pretty awful things about the lions too. And you know what? I, I think that that stops here. Um, one last question that I got to ask and, and, you know, feel free to, to answer this any way that you want, but man, we would absolutely love to have you back on the show uh, when, when the bears and lions meet uh, at some point next season, if you're willing to do it, man, we would just, we would absolutely kill to have you back, man. Sure. Yeah. I mean, schedules permitting, I would absolutely love to join you guys. Completely understand. Jeremy, thank you so much for being on the show. Appreciate you. No problem at all. Thanks for having me. Jeremy Reisman. That is awesome. Just, uh, you know, we, 
<laughs> folks, you know, one of the things we were, we were talking about was just, I, I wish that we cheered for the same team. He is clearly a good guy. If you're not following him, get after that. Um, obviously, when this tweet goes out, uh, you know, promoting this, this podcast, uh, I'll put his information out there so you guys can all grab a hold of him. I've got quite a few shout outs that I've got to give. And so uh, here we go. Let's, let's get after it. The first one has to go to, I'm going to give each one of these guys an individual shout out is Ryan Badgley. What a great guy. Bears things considered like, like pushing that aside for a second. What a great guy, just funny, uh, just engaging. And, you know, we, we started following each other on other social media. He is all about the doing good things for the community. And, and it's just amazing guy. First class all the way. Dan Goodwin. You know, Dan, I, I, I gave him a shout out because that's how we connected originally is he, he sent me some well wishes. It wasn't even about, about my, my, my daughter that's about to be born. It had nothing to do with being Bears fans. And man, was he good. Man, was he good. His takes about, you know, taller receivers and weak arms and just, I, I, I am impressed. I, mean, I was impressed with all of them, but it just, you know, just, wow, Three Kings podcast. Make sure you check it out. And then Brendan Chagru, um, you guys have already heard me say it before. Brendan is just awesome. He does great work, 46 Pod with Bears Wire. I'm a fan of that guy. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you meet somebody and you say, hey, this is a really cool guy, but you also are looking at their work and going, it's incredible. So, so uh, Badge, Dan, and, and Brendan, thank you, gentlemen. That was a phenomenal conversation. I had an absolute blast talking with you guys. Uh, truly, truly, truly appreciate it. Then we've got to hop across the pond because I've got three guys that I've got to give a shout outs to, um, and they're all in Ireland. Uh, I don't know how much you guys have been paying attention to, but the Irish Bears show had their very first live uh, stream on YouTube, um, and they brought our guy, Anthony, uh, Anthony Cork Bears fan. Anthony, dude, you, okay. Um, I, Kieran was phenomenal host. Uh, and obviously, you know, I, 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 all props to him, but you know, it is really cool that Anthony got his very first start here on this podcast and to hear him just, wow, he was good. I mean, really, really, really good. So folks, if you, if you haven't taken a look at that, please do. Uh, it's just the Irish bear show. Look it up on YouTube. You'll, you'll see the first one. Um, really, really, really good stuff. Visually, just it, it was it was so cool uh, just to see some of the stuff that was done. So, so Kieran, man, I know you're doing some some great work over there. Keep it up, dude. It is absolutely killer. And then our guy Noel. Noel is starting another Irish Bears podcast, which is Duh. Irish Bears podcast, and it's going to be dropping here pretty soon. I'm excited to see what Noel can do with it. Um, just an absolutely great guy, and I know he's going to be putting out some great content. I know for some that may be listening to this as the first episode, yes, we are Bears podcast promoting other Bears podcasts, but folks, I don't, I haven't, and I don't see us as, as enemy. There are a lot of really good people that are doing a lot of really good podcasts, and we can, we can promote what they are doing. So uh, Noel, Anthony, and Kieran, best of luck to you guys. I, I'm hoping at some point the three of you guys get together and, and make just one epically awesome Irish uh, Chicago Bears show. And, and I, would, I would absolutely love, love, love to see it uh, whenever you guys finish that up. 
Um, for all of you who are listening, thank you so very, very much, folks. You know that we appreciate all of you listening and reading any of the content at BeardownReport.com. Uh, and folks, uh, please keep your eyes peeled. We've got some other good stuff. We are obviously going to go around the rest of the NFC North. Kevin Olefsky and Brian Highfill, those guys are coming back. I can't wait. We always have an absolute blast when they come to talk about the Vikings. Really, really good stuff. Uh, Packers, we're, we're looking. We, we may have some new guests. We're, we're going to see. We'll, we'll let you know what happens. Uh, and also, we got an episode coming up too that I'm really excited about. That is the Around the World episode. We've got fans from Australia, Ireland, Scotland, England, and it's going to be a, a plethora of accents and collaboration at the same time. Uh, so I can't wait for that one. That one's going to be coming up soon. And one last shout out that I got to give to is my buddy, Derek. Derek, you know why you need a shout out for everybody else. Don't worry about it. My guy just needed a shout out. And so my shout out is going to Derek. For all of you who are listening, thank you so much. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. If you really like what you hear, hit us with a five-star review. It really helps to widen our audience. And folks, remember, as always, bear down. Bear Down Report.